Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Friday, the 13th of November, 2020. Well, as I was growing up, there was a Buddhist temple just down the street from the church that I went to. And I would drive past that building on the way to church every Sunday morning, and the building looked so different, uh, but I had no idea what would go on there. But I just knew that there's idols and and it's not right, right? And I, even as a little kid, I would actually have scary dreams about this place, this Buddhist temple, because just driving by it, it seemed so different from the church where I would go with my family and we would sing hymns and praise the Lord and open up our Bibles, right? It just seemed so distant. Even just from a cultural perspective, I had no idea as a little boy what was going on over there. Well, as we read the Bible, sometimes we come across situations where it does seem like we need help in bridging the gap. As we look back at some of these things we read about in the Old Testament and culturally, they seem so distant from where we are. When we read some of the things we've read in Ezekiel about the abominations that were going on in the temple and these men with their back to the sanctuary because they're praying toward the rising sun or, you know, all these different things. And that doesn't really connect with us because we don't live in a culture where idolatry, as we see it in the Old Testament, exists. And by that, I mean idolatry where there are statues and people bowing down to statues thinking that they are God. But let's be real. That does not mean that idolatry is not alive and well in the United States of America. And that does not mean that idolatry isn't alive and well in your heart. So today we want to look at some things in Ezekiel chapter 13 through 15 and see how we can bridge the gap from this distant culture in a diff- in a distant land, in a distant time, and realize that they are still serious things today. Today we're looking at Ezekiel chapter 13 through 15. And in chapter 14, it really hones in on idolatry. And it even says something about idolatry and our hearts. In verse three, it says, son of man, these men have taken their idols into their hearts and set the stumbling blocks of their iniquity before their faces, right? And that's a phrase that comes up a few times, this idolatry into their heart. And that is a warning that we need to heed today, right? I doubt many of you are tempted to worship Baal right? Uh, Like they do in the Old Testament. I doubt many of you listening to this have ever been tempted to show up at a Buddhist temple to find out what's going on and join in with their worship. Um, These things seem very culturally distant, but that does not mean that there are not idols that we take into our own heart. And I want us to bridge the gap. And there's two ways I want you to think about idols and to be on the lookout for idols in your own heart. And one is Anything that you look to, anything that you're putting your trust in instead of God, right? Anything that when life gets crazy, you're turning to this before you're turning to God. Even Baal worship, we we see that going back kind of to Elijah and King Ahab. There's the showdown between him and the the prophets of Baal. Um, We look at that and one thing we have to realize is one of the reasons they worshiped Baal was Baal was this fertility god uh, and for, for the soil. And they lived in a plant, in a, a land that was very dependent on the rain. 
And, and so when they were worried about their crops, they would be tempted to turn to this God that they thought could do something about it, right? Now, when you come across tough times, I doubt any of you are tempted to go bow down to a statue. But that does not mean that there are not many things that you will turn to in your own life and in your own heart before you are turning to God. Many of us, we are trusting in our resources, our finances, our own strength instead of relying on God. For many of us, we're relying on something, a, a substance to take away the pain that we feel, whether that's alcohol or drugs, and, and we're, we're relying on that instead of on God. And, and there's a difference, there should be a difference in our lives when we are relying on God first. And also, we know that, I think another way that you can check for idols in your own heart is anything you value more than God. So not anything you not just things that you trust in instead of God, but things that you value more than God. Maybe another way to put that is anything that you are willing to sin for, anything that you want so badly that you're willing to disregard God's direction and follow your own desires to seek after these things. We need to check for idols in our own hearts because idolatry, as we see it in Ezekiel, might seem very distant. But again, idolatry is alive and well in our culture. It might look different, but it is still there. And one thing remains the same, how God feels about idolatry. And I hope you picked that up, especially in the rest of uh, chapter 14. God is promising judgment because of this idolatry. And even multiple times, it's interesting, uh, he refers to other biblical characters uh, when he talks about, you know, judgment is coming. And even if Noah, Daniel, and Job were there, you know, God would spare them, but he would still bring his judgment. Those guys would not be enough to stop the judgment of God. And I, I find those statements pretty fascinating. I mean, Noah, we know is very early on in scripture, in Genesis, from what we gather, it seems that, um, it seems that Job came from Fairly early on, uh, some of the things that we see there in the story makes us think maybe the days of the patriarchs, people like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, maybe that was the contemporaries of Job. It's hard to be certain about that. But then we also see Daniel. Daniel mentioned who was around um, at the same time as Ezekiel. Interesting choice of men, but God even says that th this would not be enough. We, we see how much God hates idolatry. Um, and we need to heed that warning. When we lean on something other than God, that's not just, oh, you know, whatever. No, that's a big deal. When we value something more than God, that's a big deal. And God hates that. And we should hate that because there is nothing we should trust in more than God. And there is nothing we should value more than God. Those things are, are bad because that's not the way it should be. We're missing out when we are not trusting in God first and valuing him first. So I'd encourage you today to ask yourself, man, are there things in my life that I'm turning to rather than God? Or are there things in my life that I am valuing more than God? And take a little heat into that self-examination with you of how much God hates idols. 
Now, another thing that we see in the book of Ezekiel is this idea of false prophets. And again, that might seem uh, a little distant from us because we don't, you know, think of Elijah or Ezekiel, you know, doing things today like they did back then. You know, some of the, you know, things that Ezekiel does even to portray what God is saying, that, that also feels very distant to us. But we do need to realize there are many people out there today that are falsely representing God. False teachers still exist, even abound to this day. And here it kind of talks about this idea that we see also in other prophets where they're projecting an image of peace when there is no peace. And I think we see teachers today trying to give this vibe that, hey, everything's all right when no, everything is not all right. And that's one of my jobs as a pastor is to remind us, no, everything is not all right. We people are lost. We need a savior. We need to talk about the problem of sin so that we might turn from it and experience the blessings and the wonder of forgiveness that can only come through Jesus Christ. And we're warned even about this idea as we go to one of our New Testament passages today, 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4. And here we see explicitly this warning not to just believe everything. Um, We see it starting in verse 1, beloved Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. And here we're reminded we shouldn't just believe everything that we hear. And I think some of this stuff about Jesus coming in the flesh um, maybe was specifically targeted towards some of the false teaching that was being spread around in this time. But we know we still need to be careful about false teaching today. And that's one of the reasons why we should be so grateful for the access that we have to God's word. Um, We have it printed in all kinds of translations in so many languages. Uh, You have it accessible. Most of you have it on your phones. We can do a podcast every day that I record in a closet in my house that goes out to people all over the world, potentially, that they can listen to more about teaching of God's word. We live in an age with incredible access to God's word. And let me remind you that God wants you to know his word so you can tell what is right and what is wrong wrong. We need to be careful and comparing everything we hear to um, the metric of God's word. And we see that as a problem really as we go to John, the gospel of John chapter eight, and we finish the chapter with verses 48 through 59. And again, we're reminded that um, the religious leaders who should have known their scriptures did not because the son of God comes in the flesh in front of them and they think that he is demon possessed. And that's what he's, that's what they accuse him of in verse 48. In verse 49, Jesus says, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death, right? It's about his word and uh, he's really pointing to his, his father, 
But again, he comes back to his word. Are you going to keep his word? And I want to challenge us, do we know his word? And then it, it comes to the end, really one of my favorite passages and statements in the entire gospel of John in verse 58, when Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you before Abraham was, I am. What a clear statement of the deity of Christ and even of the preexistence of Christ right there in John 8, 58. Before Abraham was, I am. Uh, Jesus reminding, he's been around since before Abraham even was and claiming that title, I am, that is given by God in Exodus 3, an amazing statement there. Finally, I want us to finish up today in Psalm 126. Psalm 126. And it seems that this maybe was a song written potentially after the exile or potentially just after some kind of catastrophe in the nation of Israel, but after there had been restoration and talking about the joy that they felt in that moment. It says, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad, right? There's this joy that comes with seeing God make things right. But there's also a very powerful statement in verse five in this chapter that says, those who sow in tears shall reap in shouts of joy. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. And that's something that reminds me of what Jesus says in the Beatitudes when he says, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. And even as we think about some of the false teaching we hear in our society, some people say that follow Jesus and your life will be great and you'll be happy and you'll be fulfilled and and, and all these promises that really focus on the here and now when some of those things are are true in an ultimate sense. But Jesus reminds us here and now there's going to be a lot of mourning. And I think this Psalm is helpful for us to prepare, prepare for suffering and hard things in this life but to be reminded that though we might sow in tears, we will reap with shouts of joy. And for Christians, the tears may last our whole lifetimes, but the shouts of joy will last for eternity. And someday we will, we will sit around and we will say, we will feel like those who dream. When we see the new heavens, when we see the new earth, when Jesus Christ is on his throne in the new Jerusalem, We're going to be saying uh, our mouths will be filled with laughter and our tongue will be full of shouts of joy. And all the tears that we might experience right here, right now will be gone forevermore. And we'll remember those who do sow in tears will reap with shouts of joy. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Thank you.